Hello and welcome to the second week of Praying on Purpose. Today is Sunday, and so therefore we return to the question, why do we pray? Why do we daven? And as I mentioned last week, uh, answering this question is easier said than done. It is going to take us a considerable amount of time to really thoughtfully and comprehensively think about this question and address it in, in a sophisticated way. Today I would like to focus on that which appears to me as a very pervasive attitude, a very common perspective that many of us have regarding davening. I don't know that it's intentional, but I think that if we don't really think about it and try to at least uh, recognize and in certain situations correct our thinking, I think it is very common for many of us to sort of lapse back into this, this attitude. And what I'm talking about is as follows. A major component of prayer is what we call bakasha, where we make various requests. We ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu for lots of things that we need, things that we want. And because this is a major part of prayer, it is natural that from time to time we see prayer as being purely transactional. There are things that I want, there are things that I need, and I ask for them, and I hope that in exchange, in return, uh, however this works, we'll address another time that I will acquire these things. And so therefore, uh, as some have uh, referred to prayer somewhat cynically as being like almost this divine ATM machine where I make a deposit or I, more specifically I, I sort of put in my card, um, I say what I need to say, I push the right buttons, and then I stand there with my hand out sort of hoping uh, that in exchange, in return, I will receive the goods. And to be clear, I do not want to just completely dismiss this attitude uh, because, as I mentioned last week, there definitely is what to say from the perspective of how built into the entire uh, natural order is an idea that in order for us to really, really achieve our full potential as individuals, as a nation, as a global community, prayer, tefillah, is a very, very important part of that process. On the other hand, on the other hand, to reduce the experience of prayer, tefillah, in such a way in which we see it as being purely or primarily transactional is something which could lead to a very confusing and, in some cases, a very frustrating sort of experience. Because when I don't feel that I am getting that which I am asking for day after day after day, so over time I may start to ask myself, well, why am I doing this? What is the purpose of this? After all, I keep asking and clearly no one is listening because I'm not getting what it is that I am asking for. I want to share with you something which is really, really incredible. The Gemara in Masechus Megillah, uh, beginning uh, towards the end of Masechus, uh, excuse me, of Daf Yud Zayin, uh, and then continuing onto Daf Yud Ches, the Gemara analyzes uh, the sequence, the order of the brachos in Shmon Esrei. I imagine that for many of us, we just sort of take for granted, well, of course, there's a general uh, method to why it is that we begin with the first three and end with the last three, but particularly when it comes to the middle section of Shmon Esrei, where there are 13 brachos stemming from our request for HaKadosh Baruch Hu's assistance and granting us wisdom. Uh, we ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu for forgiveness and for health and for assistance and, and earning a livelihood. And then we transition into some national needs and issues. We ask God for kibbutz galios, to ingathering of the exiles and to rebuild Yerushalayim and to bring Mashiach. So when you look at this, we just sort of assume, well, you know, it just the order just sort of makes sense. But actually the Gemara tells us that there is a specific reason as to why it is that we ask for things in a certain way and to and, and they, if it unfolds chronologically, not necessarily purely in terms of a chronological timeline, but based on Chazal's understanding of, of Psukim, in addition to their, their understanding of how, uh, particularly for the second set of brachos, as to how the days of Mashiach are going to unfold in a chronological sort of way. 
Now, if I would ask you to explain the sequence of any of these brachas, I think many of us would be somewhat at a loss to explain why the brachas are listed in the order that they are, with one exception. And that is the last bracha, the bracha of Shema Koleinu. Because you know at the end of that middle section, after we ask for very, very specific things, we say to HaKadosh Baruch Hu Shema Koleinu, Chus we ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu to just listen to our prayers, accept the individual and the collective prayers of Klai Yisrael. And in that specific bracha, we don't ask for anything in particular. We just recognize that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the Shomeya Tfilas Amcha Yisrael Barachamim. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the one who hears, hears our prayers. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the one that we can turn to in times of need. And so therefore, it is, to a certain extent, it's sort of this generic, uh, non-specific sort of bracha. And it's for that reason that many of us know that when we have certain needs that we don't know quite where they fit in, well, we can insert them as a personal bakasha in the bracha of Shema Koleinu. So we see Shema Koleinu as being almost, and to a certain extent, this bracha which appears as a summary at the end. If there's anything that we haven't covered until this point, stick it in Shema Koleinu. So I would say that Shema Koleinu is probably the one bracha where we can all sort of understand. Intuitively, we have a sense as to why it's there. But it's quite remarkable that that's not what Chazal tell us. That Gemara in, excuse me, Masechus Megillah, tells us that there is a reason for the sequence of the brachos. Right now, I'm not going to review the entire sequence. I told you where you could find it, Megillah, Daf Zayin, and Yuches. But I'll, I'll pick up towards the end. We're going to sort of parachute in here. And the Gemara says, regarding, let's say, the bracha of Allah Tzadikim, we ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu to promote the name, the shame, if you will, of Tzadikim and Chasidim and Zikne Amcha Yisrael. And then, says and where is it that their reputation, if you will, uh, that the attitude that the rest of the people, the world will have towards these people will be truly uplifted in Yerushalayim, which is why we segue into the bracha of Yerushalayim. Shinemar, as the Pasuk says, Shalu Shlom And then says the Gemara, When Yerushalayim is built, but David, David will come, meaning, the Mashiach will come, which is why we go from the brach of the Yerushalayim to a Semech David Avdecha. And now we are at the point of Shema Koleinu. And says the Gemara, the cave on Sheba David, Basa Tfila. Says the Gemara, when David comes, when Mashiach comes, so then what will follow? Tfila, prayer. Shenemar, as the Pasik says, Vaviyosam al Harkachi, Visimachtim Beveis Tfilasi. So what the Gemara is essentially seems to be saying is something which is incredibly remarkable. And that is that as the end of days unfold, and as we come to a time in which we are seeing the ingathering of the exiles, and we are seeing the promotion of the shame of Tzadikim and Chasidim, and we are seeing the building of Yerushalayim, and then ultimately the coming of Mashiach, when all that is done, when all of our prayers have been answered, when we come to this point where we seemingly don't need anything else, Kevan Shabbat David, Basa Tfila. Then we will have then we will have prayer. In other words, this is absolutely incredible. What the Gemara seems to be saying is that we cannot and we should not, we dare not view prayer as being purely transactional. We don't daven only or maybe even primarily so we can get things. And if that's the way we're going to look at it, then we're going to be quite confused why it is that we're saying Shema Koleinu at the very end. Again, like I said before, if we view Shema Koleinu as just being sort of the end of our own personal Shema it makes sense why it's there. But that's not what Chazal tell us. Chazal tell us because tefillah, that is the climax. That is the goal. That's where we want to get to in the end. It is, to those of us who are remembering what I said Thursday, it is similar to a certain extent to the idea from the Malbim of Kavali Hashem Chazak V'yamei Tzimbecha V'Kavai Hashem, a similar idea. 
And, and I'm, I'm looking to reinforce this idea because it is so important. Of course we daven because there are things that we want. Of course we daven because there are things that we need. And we should. And we should not be so quick to sort of dismiss tefillah as being somewhat, I don't like using the words, but I'll use it anyway, somewhat transactional in that regard. But at the same time, we cannot end there. We cannot stop there. We cannot view prayer as it is purely a means of achieving some goal in that regard because it's so much more than that. It's so much greater than, than that. And Chazal tell us, in the end of days, when we will be able, Be'ezwas Hashem, to see the fulfillment of all of our prayers, and we will come to that point where Yerushalayim is built, we have a binyan olam, David the permanent reestablishment of the, of the Malchus of Beis David, in the rebuilt city of Yerushalayim, at the coming of Mashiach, and everything is there, Kevin Shabbat David, Basa Tfila. That's when Tfila begins. And so therefore, this attitude, this attitude uh, must, to a certain extent, uh, be reflected in the way in which we view prayer, uh, the way in which we anticipate Davinishan every day, every day. And if we do so, then hopefully it will be it will enable us to preemptively address some of the frustration, the confusion that we sometimes have throughout the prayer experience. Because if we view prayer as just being a means to sort of, I'm extending my hand and I'm putting it out, I'm saying, give me. And again, we're going to come back to that because there is, there is uh, uh, to a large extent, there is truth to that. But that's not it. We should remember as Chazal tell us, Shabbat David, Basat Tfila. Shema comes at the end because to a certain extent, that is the goal. Tfila is the goal. So why do we pray? We still don't know. There is lots to discuss, and Be'ezra Hashem we will. But let us remember that prayer is not primarily a transactional experience. It is not a means by which we can get what we want. Uh, and I would actually just sort of whet your appetite for coming attractions. I would even say it's possible that we want certain things so that we can turn to HaKadosh Baruch Hu in prayer. Is it that the prayer is there in order to help us fill a certain need? or the needs there in order to uh, inspire us, in order to motivate us to turn to God in prayer. Thank you very much, and have a wonderful day.